Kubernetes community, and welcome to the PodCuddle Basics show. Uh, we are going to not only, for those of you that listen to the PodCuddle podcast, we're going to, this is going to be sort of an accompaniment set of shows, uh, the basic shows that are going to accompany the other shows. And really the idea of this is to give you the basics of a bunch of topics. We're going to try and give you some really fundamental basics around containers, Kubernetes, the technologies, uh, what's going on in the industry. The, whole, the goal of these is to be you know, short shows, maybe 10 minutes. Uh, we're going to try and give you the basics. Uh, obviously, we'll give you some links to go follow up in your reading. Uh, but think of these as a companion to the longer shows that we'll do each week. Tyler, today we're going to talk about what is Kubernetes. So at a real high level, what is Kubernetes? Uh, at, at a real high level, Kubernetes is a container uh, orchestration and scheduling software. The biggest container company, if you will, is Google. Everything they run in containers, they have an internal system called Borg that they use to run their containers. And, and what they wanted to do was they thought it was relevant technology, but they realized they had been around for so many years and it was so complex. And there were so few people in Google that understood it at a deep level. And there was a lot of customizations to it. Obviously, they're, they're very specific to Google's business. So they said, well, let's let's take the concepts we've learned there and basically develop a new uh, platform for running containers that we could open source and then also would be more relevant for for people outside of Google. Cool. So we have uh, Google DNA built into this this software. It's the software they use to run literally, like you said, all of their platforms, everything from search to maps to everything else they do. Talk about how it became open source. So it was a couple engineers at Google put the Kubernetes code together, uh, got it out there on, on GitHub. Uh, and then they really wanted to see, Google wanted to see it take off and not just be you know something controlled by Google. And that's when the uh, Cloud Native Computing Foundation, they uh, donated the whole project and, and kind of all the ancillary bits that they had put into the project in 2015. They, they donated that, which is, is really when it started to take off because then other companies and, and so felt very comfortable uh, with the ownership of the code being out in a foundation and, and getting involved in it more. Absolutely. And if we look at the numbers that are out there today, you can always go to uh, github.com slash Kubernetes slash Kubernetes, I think. You can see the number of engineers working on this. I think it's, it's up over 1,500 engineers. So you think about that in the span of two years, 1,500 plus engineers, uh, about 20 plus sub projects working on this. So really robust, vibrant community. All the major cloud providers now support it and almost nearly every major software vendor that, that's relevant in the, in the container space is now supporting this. So, uh, oh, hey, real quick. What is this? Sometimes I see it written Kubernetes, the full word written out, and sometimes I see it written K8S. What does that mean? Um, yeah, there's a. Uh, it's the the K8S is the shorthand for Kubernetes. So if you see Kubernetes or you see K8 or KS, they all mean the same thing. They're just a typical nerd uh, shorthand, tech shorthand for uh, things like that. Cool. That's that's what Kubernetes is. How does it work? What are the basics of Kubernetes that somebody needs to understand? It's funny. The core technology of Kubernetes, which I think is really important to understand, is actually isn't Kubernetes. So there's a, a piece of software called etcd, etcd, um, which is a distributed, reliable key value store. So you know, you give it a key and a value. It stores it in there. It's meant to be distributed, very scalable, very fast. So that's that's the core of where at Kubernetes actually stores all its information. So so you run you know anytime you're setting up Kubernetes, you're also setting up an etcd cluster. And really, what the Kubernetes API is just a wrapper around that. 
So you make an API call to Kubernetes to say to do something. What it's actually going to do is put a key and a value into etcd. If you go to the API and read something, it, the API code is going to go into etcd and, and read and, and then return that to you from there. So that's like the the real core component kind of that makes that makes Kubernetes go. Okay, so etcd is is essentially the brains of of a Kubernetes environment, um, it's distributed so that if any piece of it fails, it, it gets replicated. So that allows you to have a highly available system. Um, and then the API is just, it's a programmatic way to to go tell the system what to do. And that API could get represented as an API. It could get represented as a GUI or a CLI, but it's it's the programmatic, the sort of language that you want to go talk to the, the brains of the system. What about this stuff called a Kubernetes controller or the kubelet? Yeah, so the the kubelet is the the bit that runs on each worker node. Well, I mean, to be fair, the way Kubernetes is set up is all nodes are worker nodes. What we call masters are basically workers that are dedicated to running the main component workloads, so the scheduler and controllers and, and, and things like that. And the kubelets that the nodes that kubelet is running to run, you know, user workloads is what we would consider workers. So the the kubelet is basically a, a piece that goes between the container engine and the and the Kubernetes kind of master and controller pieces where Kubelet checks in with etcd by going through the Kubernetes API and basically checks to see if it's supposed to be doing anything. Say I'm you know I'm node 01. Are there any pods that I should be running or anything that I'm not currently running? Uh, and it checks in t- with the API to, s- to see that. And I think it also does things like it says this is how much CPU I have available, so much memory I have, you know, details about what how much work it could do and also how much work it's currently doing, right? I have six containers running on top of me or five pods uh, running on top of me. Real quick, there's a concept of, of a container and a concept of, of a pod within Kubernetes. What, what are those, what's the difference? What do those two things mean? So from a Kubernetes perspective, the it's it's a pod, right? And and the reason it's a, you know, when it says pod, it's, it's synonymous currently with containers, but it's a pod from a Kubernetes perspective is a unit of work. Okay. Uh, so today it's it's a, c- a container. Technically, Kubernetes could schedule things other than containers and it would still be a pod. So we've got etcd being the master or being the brains. The API is the way you talk to this thing. On each node, you've got a kubelet, which is a piece of software that communicates back with the brain and says, should I do work? Here's what I'm available to do. The work they do is pods. And then what's a what's a controller ultimately do? The controllers where the where the scheduling happens. You know, so you have the scheduler, and what you're doing basically again, it, it all goes back to etcd. So if, if you as a as a user run a command line command and say run this pod, uh, you're talking to the API and you're and you're basically putting it in in etcd and saying hey this pod needs needs to be run somewhere. Uh, and then that's when the controllers see this unscheduled pod and then make based on the information they have from the kubelet to make scheduling decisions and then it basically assigns those pods to nodes and the next time that node the kubelet on that node checks in and says oh i have a uh, you know it's it's basically subscribes to the changes via the api and says like oh there's there's something new for me there's a there's a pod i don't have that it says i should have uh, and it goes about running that and then it also keeps track of kind of all the complex stuff that you wanted to do so it it says oh this is a 
a type of schedule that should always be replicated or there should always be six instances of it available or as soon as that job is done and that that pod's done its work cancel it and and reclaim those resources so there's there's lots of different types of schedulers um, that are built into Kubernetes that allow you to to run different types of workload and, and are smart enough to know the difference between a long-running job and a batch job and a, a short-running job. Yep. And, and the other thing it also manages is how you talk to those pods once they're up and running. Um, so the pods are basically on an internal network inside Kubernetes is kind of one of the design features that came from, from Google originally, how they uh, schedule containers. So then the way they talk to the outside world is through the proxy, a kube proxy, which is, again, another Another, another container, you know, another pod running, and it runs on every node to allow you to be able to talk to, you know, pods and deciding what port you're going to expose. And again, that's where the controllers make sure, you know, the, the proxies are running and, and they're connected to the right pods and, and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of times we hear Kubernetes and like something like Docker or, or containers talked about in the same in the same breath and the same concept. What's what's the difference between what's a container's job and what's Kubernetes' job? Yeah, so the container is just a uh, a, a packaging of an application. It's, it gets started and run in Linux. There's no concept of a container, so it's a bunch of kind of kernel technologies that make a container feel like it's running on its own little little instance there uh, in its own namespace. Uh, so that so it's just usually um, there. There are ways to do it differently, but usually a container's uh, single-threaded. It's running one process. You know, it has some files and, and runs, but that's it. It starts and it stops, and that's it. Uh, where you get to that next layer, something like Kubernetes is scheduling, making sure the container runs, what node it runs on. If it dies, do should I restart it? Do I need to start other versions of it? Um, it's that's where it gets into what they consider container orchestration versus just container runtimes. Okay, so a lot of times the way I hear it is, if you are concerned about uh, running an application on one box within you know one within within one sheet of metal, um, you know you're you're focused on the container and running that application. If you're concerned about running applications that run across lots of boxes, or you want to manage your uh, your application across a bunch of boxes or virtual instances, if you will, that's when you really need uh, that container orchestration, and that's where Kubernetes really comes into play and helps you you know manage across multiple instances and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the, you know, Docker, Docker engine originally was super powerful um, from a from a capability perspective to run these containers on on a host. Uh, But then once you said like, well, well, wow, I have 100 hosts and they're each running, say, you know, 500 containers, like, how do I get my arms around this? And and that's kind of was, you know, when Google said, hey, we're pretty good at doing that. (laughs) We, you know, we do, you know, we start a billion, we run a billion containers a day. Uh, We know a little something about this. Let's put something together that people can use. Yep. Cool. Um, Well, people always want to kind of compare and contrast technologies to other technologies. Uh, Just by list, maybe, are there other technologies that that do similar things to help run containers that people might want to compare and contrast Kubernetes to? Yeah, so stuff like Docker Swarm, for example, that's where it gets a little confusing with Docker because it's the name of the company and it's the name of the engine and the name of the, you know, the the product. It's uh, Docker Swarm is is that same the Nomad uh, HashiCorp has, uh, Mesos Marathon, um, and then there's a bunch of you know sort of DIY stuff that people have built over the years, some sort of scripting to check for containers. Um, you know, there's it's. It's, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. Yeah, and and how does Kubernetes compare in terms of market adoption or you know number of engineers? Like, give me a sense of where is it play, where does it land in the marketplace today? For for container orchestration, it's it's 
far, far and above the most adopted, you know, by almost any measure, whether it's people donating, you know, contributing to it, people downloading it, people using it, companies talking about it publicly. Uh, it's really far, far and away the most deployed uh, container orchestration technology. Okay, cool. So last question. Um, if I'm interested in Kubernetes, how could somebody, uh, an individual engineer or a company go get it or use Kubernetes? Uh, you could just go straight to the community, to GitHub, pull down the bits. Uh, Kelsey Hightower's uh, Kubernetes the hard way walks you through installing it step by step. Um, then from there, if, you, if that's a little much for you, um, there's plenty of commercially available distributions of Kubernetes from lots of vendors. Uh, and then you can go straight to, if you don't even care about setting it up, you just want to use it, uh, there's a lot of Kubernetes as a service offerings from uh, all the major cloud providers. Yep. Excellent. Well, listen, uh, we're going to wrap up. Uh, what is Kubernetes basics folks? Hopefully that gave you a good kind of foundation of what's out there, gives you the basics, helps you answer some questions and uh, we will put lots of links in the show notes so you can go get smarter. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.